I'm good, actually. I can just go home. Anybody else? No? Okay, sorry. No, but I want to tell you, um, it was so interesting. Um, I encourage you all to do this, too. So um, I usually sit down here, but I, I snuck back up there because I just wanted to worship in different places and experience this room because it's really different depending on where you sit. And uh, I will say it was so cool to sing, oh, how he loves what? Us. And be able to look and actually see us. It's so cool, the community that God is bringing here together. And I don't know about you, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Okay, that didn't go over very well. Uh, I, I, know, I know many people hate that day. Uh, but, you know, I, it was interesting. Just a little confession here. You won't hear this at a marriage seminar or anything. But uh, like Susan and I, I think we've just been going a little too much and a little too hard and fast and um, just missing each other, right? Seeing each other, but getting to that place where life is so full that taking the, the value of your marriage and actually making it what it should be hadn't been happening, to be honest with you. And uh, man, it was so sweet last night to just go out finally. And, um, and within that conversation, I can't even explain to you. I don't know. I can't push a button. You guys are, you know, you can't push buttons to make yourself feel things. Wouldn't that be awesome? It's like, I'd like to feel this now, please. You know, that doesn't work. But I do know this, taking time finally to just be together and to look at each other in the eyes and to share truth with each other and grace and love with one another. Like something happened to my heart, man. It just happened to my heart. It was just beautiful. And I want to tell you, that's why we just did what we did. The reason we actually gather together on a weekly basis is because the truth is God loves you. That's the truth. Every one of you in this, in this auditorium here right now is deeply, sincerely loved by God. But we're the same way. Lots of times we get so busy and we're so going that the, the intimacy that can actually happen with God just doesn't happen. And next thing you know, it's like, yeah, you believe it, but you're not experiencing it. So welcome. Welcome to church, man. Welcome to a chance just to engage with this God who loves you. And I pray that that's going to happen today. So, um, so as Sally said, we're in this series. I'm just going to recap a couple things here for you before I jump into today. And what we've been looking at is why are we even here? Why are we as a church gathering together, right, on February 15th of 2015? And what we're looking at is why did the church begin in the first place? Why all of a sudden did something that didn't exist one day turn into a group of people who were gathered together and then started doing it like all the time over 2,000 years ago and now it's spread through every nation in the world and millions of people throughout history have gathered. Whoa, 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 whoa. You got to just stop and go, well, what happened? And that's what we've been looking at. So what we're looking at is uh, in the book of Acts. If you open up your Bibles, you'll see there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The first four books in the New Testament are the story of Jesus. The next book is called the book of Acts. And what it is, it's the story of how the church started. And again, what you realize is all these people who had no reason before to gather together started coming together was because they witnessed a man who was dead alive again. Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and that radically transformed them. Now, I just have to ask you, if you were hanging out with somebody, and you went to his funeral, and then two days later, he came and said hi to you, would you not be changed? That would probably freak you out too. Well, they were radically changed. That was half of it. But the other half was that when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, 
The reason he left and didn't stay in bodily form on earth but rose again was so that he could actually send his spirit. And what happened to these men and women over 2,000 years ago is when they put their faith in Christ, they experienced a radical, life-altering, transforming experience where they were never the same again. They received, as a gift, the very Spirit of God. And now all of a sudden, these people who are quivering and who were fearful and who were selfish and, and, and living for their own thing had a radical transformation. That's why the church started. So what happened is they became the title of this message and this series, which is Relentless. Like all of a sudden, they became extremely devoted to something. First of all, this guy that we followed died and he's alive again. So apparently he wasn't just a good dude. He was something's divine. And then secondly, literally, not just did they head knowledge know that Jesus was real, they experienced his spirit now inside them, and it just—it was crazy. So, relentless means persistent, uncompromising, and unyielding. And these guys lived a great life after this happened. Again, the opposite of relentless is moderate. So you can't be relentless towards something. The opposite of that be like, well, you know, if I, if I feel like it. If I, you know, if I'm not sure if I'm quite feeling it today. That just wasn't even in their vocabulary. The word that we're looking at was they were devoted. Compound word, I'm again recapping last week, to bring strong and toward something, to adhere to it, to be it like glue is what it meant. When you're devoted to something, that means it is a committed love to something. It is dedication and it is enthusiasm. And you, if you want to know what you're dedicated to, if you, I'm sorry, if you want to know what you're devoted to, those three things will define it. What are you committed to in your love, dedicated to with your time, and enthusiastic about? And these guys, it was all about Jesus. So here's what happened. And uh, so how many of you, by the way, were with us just a few weeks ago in our red and white box? How many of you were over there in that 21st? Do you guys notice, by the way, do you like how we kept the red box and the white box over here? Do you guys notice that? Okay, just wanted to make you sure if you're feeling at home. Ugh. All right. How do you guys remember this box? You guys remember this? All right, so... What we did is uh, we wanted to make sure that everybody would know that no matter where we meet as a church, the physical building doesn't matter, right? So how many of you actually bowled in this place right here? How many of you been bowling here? <laughs> Look at that. You know, we actually thought about keeping one lane right over here, you know? Wouldn't that have been fun? That would have been cool. But we know that it, so it doesn't matter if you're meeting in a bowling alley. It doesn't matter if you're meeting in a tin warehouse, it doesn't matter if you're meeting in a cathedral. There's the essence of who you are as a church. And so we just said, we packed up this box back on 2100 South, and we said, this is what we're taking with us. We will never stop being this. This is what it means to be K2. So the first thing that you see that happened to these, these apostles, the reason the church started, is because now Jesus' spirit was inside of them, they had this amazing devotion to love God. And so what we find about the love of Christ, he said something. If you look at Jesus' life, he said, the world must learn, that'd be you and me, that I love the Father and I do exactly what he commands me to do. See, so what happened when, at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came, the Spirit of Jesus that actually says yes to God filled up these human beings. Now, I just want to tell you, man, I had a conversation with somebody this week. How good is God? Because what he knows about us is this. None of us in this room follow God very well, do we? We, we just don't. 
And so he looks down and he goes, I, I know. And so here's what I'll do. I'll actually give you my spirit. I'm not even going to help you follow me. That has been one of the most unbelievable miracles and supernatural mysteries of my own walk with God is that when I gave my heart to Christ and I said, you come in Jesus, and he gave me his spirit, he finally gave me the help to say yes to him. That is so cool. So you need to know, that's why the church started. And so what the Bible says is, and the reason I chose these boots is because it says it's a walk. That means today, all day long, you're going to have a chance moment by moment to say yes to God or to not. And every time you say yes, it's another step. It's a walk by faith. And the people who, in the early day when the church started, because they received the Spirit of Christ, who always said yes to the Father, who loved the Father, they now had that same love. And so that's what we're trying to be at K2 the Church. What we're saying is, so again, I just want to tell you, that if you're visiting today, if you're not sure about Christianity, thank you, man. It's why we started this place. Thanks for honoring us with your presence. I want you to, but I want you to understand what, what this is all about. And if you say that you're a Christian, I want to make sure you understand that you know what you are. Here's what we are. We're people who put our faith in Jesus. He filled us with his spirit so that we would actually say yes to God. And that's the kind of people we're trying to be. All right? So it was all about love for him. But the other thing that, that got them so excited was this. Okay? See, the other thing that happened is when they, when they received the spirit of, of the Holy Spirit of God, they finally had their eyes opened like, oh my gosh, what we just sang. God actually really loves me. And he said, and you can know that I love you because of this right here. What this demonstrates, Jesus Christ, when he was dying on the cross, when the Spirit opened up to everybody's eyes, they finally realized, oh, the reason he was dying on the cross was because he was dying for me. He was saying, I love you so much that I will give my life for you. And so when he was on the cross, what he was doing is he was taking the punishment that all of us deserve for our sin so you'll never be punished again. Now, anybody want to say amen to that? Amen. See, now, but, but here's the deal. You can't, like once that becomes real to you, you can't ever doubt the love of God again. Now, I do. Anybody else? Okay. I do because I'm human, but what the cross reminds me every time, because here's what this is. He never, listen to me, he never said, hey, if you just start being a little bit better, if you start being a good person, if you start doing everything that I want you to do, just keep trying hard, and then I'll love you. What did he say? Dude, you are so messed up, you don't have a chance. <laughs> and then he said, I mean, you're powerless to do anything good? I mean, you're totally addicted to stuff and you can't say no to it? You mean you, when you try to muster up even being kind to your spouse, you can't do it? You mean your anger towards your kids over and over again? That kind of stuff? You know what Jesus says? Perfect. Perfect time for me to love you. Jesus, what the cross said, is when you're powerless to do anything good, when you're not like me at all, when you're ungodly, when you're a sinner, that's when I die for you. I tell you what, man, when that love fills your heart, the next thing that happens is you want to take off and you want to love him back. All right, so now it's a crazy love. Now listen to this, you guys. Listen to this. Romans 5, up here on the screen. By the way, we have screens. Isn't that cool? <laughs> All right. 
I mean, so you don't have to like read your papers anymore. And, and all, everybody was asking, are those boxes going to hang down from the ceiling? Look, they're gone, except for over here. You guys get a few boxes over there. And if you guys, seriously, would you give a round of applause just to our team that's working? I mean, they are, they are just kicking it. Um, I mean, relentless as well, commitment to make this thing happen. And so I want to remind you, this Friday, we're going to partner with the AISU, the school here, and we're going to put on a concert, a tech concert. We'd love to have you join us, man. It's going to be a great time for us to hopefully work on all of our stuff. So anyway, I just want to make you do it. So up here on the screen, Romans 5. This is one of the most profound statements. If you can grasp this today, I'm serious, if you can grasp this today, you have a chance to never be the same. All right, look what it says. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom He's given us. God's love. Not a love that's based on condition. See, almost every, no, not almost, every, I don't care the best human relationship you're in, every human relationship somehow has conditions of love on it. If you do this, then I'll love you. And if you stop doing this, then I'll pull my love away from you. And that's why every human relationship struggles, every one of them. But we have hope. What's our hope? Is that when you put your faith in Christ, God pours his love into your heart through the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. So again, what happened 2,000 years ago is these, these people put their faith in Christ, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. This is so, like, awesome. Comes and joins his Spirit with yours. And now you have a love that you never had before. And I just want to tell you, man, my best efforts at love aren't that great. I always tell, like, you, like Dave love ain't that great. Can I just be honest? You know, and here's why. In my best efforts, there's always something I think I'll get out of it when I'm loving. Can we just, can we just be honest? I mean, even when you're sacrificing, you, there's always, like, you want something back. That's, me, that's my love. That, that's not holy love. But God has now poured his love into my heart. You and I have hope for every relationship you're in if you receive the Holy Spirit, because now you'll have a different love inside you. So, here's what happens then. Jesus said, eternal life is that you know me. It's not just going to heaven. Eternal life is not just going to heaven. Eternal life starts the moment you receive Christ, because you receive his life, his spirit, and your spirit come together. And that's why he says, when you, this is the Christian message, when you, when that happens, you will never be the same again. You will have the power of the Holy Spirit helping you to love. And so what's interesting is what happens then in that moment, and we said this last week or a couple few weeks ago, right? It's not about me. It's about what? Us. Let's all say that together. It's not about me. It's about us. You guys, this is the beauty of God. The whole Christian message, eternal life, is communal. Why? Because when you receive Christ, you receive the love of God. And if you, you actually need people to love, right? And so what happens is, if I, receive the, if I receive the Spirit of God, and now I have love inside my heart, and Terry receives the Spirit of God, and she receives his love in her heart, you know what he starts doing? He starts bringing us together. And then, 
what happens? Kara gets the Spirit of God inside of her. And now she's filled with his love and everything that God wants to do. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says that God revealed the mystery of his will through Christ. And the whole purpose of God was to bring everything together under Christ. Well, how in the world, right? Wouldn't that, how many peace stickers do you see on bumpers? That was not the way to say that, but you know what I'm saying. Bumper stickers of peace. Why? Everybody's longing for the world to get along, and so is God. But the way it happens is if you receive his love inside your heart, which sets you free from yourself, so it's not about you anymore, it's about us. And everything that God wants to do is bring us together. That's his purpose. When people are together, it's divine, it's beautiful, and it gives glory to God. So that's why, in the midst of all this, what we're talking about today is, why in the world, when the, when the Holy Spirit came upon these people 2,000 years ago, they were relentless with each other. They were absolutely devoted to each other. And it was the hallmark of a new community that was so beautiful that every day new people were joining it. Every day God was adding people to their group. Why? Because people were going, I want to be loved too. Do you guys know that? Do you know every person you know on this planet is longing to be known and to be loved? And that's what the Holy Spirit of God does when you receive Him. Which He'll give you His love. So we're going to talk about a word today. In the Greek, it's called koinonia. Okay? That's the Greek word. But the, the Christian word, the translation is fellowship. Now, I, I just got to tell you, I, I, I kind of go, like fellowship is just one of those weirds. It's so Christian-y, right? Like, can I just ask you, how many of you at your workplace this week said, hey, man, you want to go for lunch and we'll have some fellowship? Right? Like, nobody's having lunch with you ever again, you know? Like, I don't know what that is, but I don't want anything to do with it. So why do we have this word fellowship? And it's because it's so unique and it's so supernatural, kind of divine spiritually that they had to come up with something different. And it's why I think the rest of the world doesn't use it, because it's just unique. The word koinonia means to have in common. It means that you share in something. It means association. So when, if, when, when koinonia is actually happening, two people actually come together and they become one around something else. And they, 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 it's an intimacy that happens and forms. You start to share this. Now, so look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 says this. God is faithful, who has called you into what? Here's the word. Into fellowship with Jesus. Okay, this is when it's so cool. So God's whole plan was that, that my spirit and Jesus, who rose from the dead, who's alive today, that his spirit and my spirit have fellowship with each other. What's that mean? That means that I actually, there's not a minute of any day ever that God's spirit, Jesus and his spirit are not with me. That's super cool. And then he says this in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the, what? Fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So that means all of us, the whole goal here is that we can share, have association, participate in the Holy Spirit. 
And you guys, everybody wants this. I'm just telling you because the Holy Spirit, his fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Anybody want any of those? Every human being wants those. And what he's saying is, you have that once the Holy Spirit comes on you. There's a fellowship now that you have with him. And so then in 1 John chapter 1, it says this. John, by the way, John spent every day with Jesus for three years. He was called the one that he loved because he was so intimate with Jesus. And here's what he said. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. So what John's saying is, hey, we want to create a community where we actually participate with each other, where we associate with one another, where we share life together. But look at this. We want you to have, so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we write this to you so that our joy could be complete. And that hour is, is plural. You guys... What God's whole plan is, what the church is, what K2, the church is, is it's the people who have put their faith in Jesus and then received the Holy Spirit so that we have a new love that we now offer to each other. We create a new fellowship. It's a place where we give each other what we got with Jesus. That's why he says, our fellowship is with God. And oh, by the way, his love is crazy cool because he loves me exactly as the way I am. He took me with all my mistakes and all my sin and all my hard-heartedness and all my addictions, and he took me and he loved me. I have fellowship with that God, and now I want you to have fellowship with me so that you and I can experience and treat each other the same way that God treats us. Anybody want that? Come on, and here's why we say we quit playing the game of church. Like, it just because just church is, can be such a game. And, and, and what I realized this week in some conversations with people is we can all get duped into thinking that there's this thing I go to for an hour instead of realizing, no, I am a transformed human being by the Spirit of God inside of me. And if you and I, if you and I in 2015 will start to understand who we really are and that the Holy Spirit is inside of us, then we can create a community right here in the old bowling alley of the 49th Street Galleria that the rest of Salt Lake is going to go, what in the is going on? And they're going to want to know. But I can tell you this, right now most people think of the church and go, what? I want nothing to do with that place. If I go there, I'm just going to get judged. If I go to that place, I'm going to have people who don't care about me. If I go to that place, it's going to be all these haughty-taughty people who play this game. And, and it's just like, that is so not what Jesus came to create. He came to create a people who are so loved by God that we want to have fellowship with him and then offer it to each other. So let's look at this, what this looks like. Here's our passage, Acts chapter 2. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which we talked about last week, and to fellowship. They devoted themselves. They were relentless to being together. Why? To the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together. And they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, 
praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So here's what this is, you guys. These five verses, as many people as they, that pretty much is like the utopian view of this is what the church could be. Now what's weird is about four chapters later, they're like, they're, they're totally dividing. <laughs> right? You know why? Because the greatest spiritual battle on your heart and mine, the greatest spiritual battle, if God's will is to bring us together, then what is our enemy's will? To tear us apart. I'm telling you right now. I'll tell you again. If your marriage is under, if it's, it's falling apart, it's because it's under attack. It's not just you. The person in your home is not the enemy. You have another enemy who's trying to destroy the unity. This is so supernaturally powerful. We've got to figure out how to do this. So, three things. Here we go. If you and I at K2, the church, the fellowship, are actually going to experience what God has for us and not play the game of church. Come on, you guys. How many years you got on this planet? I don't know. I don't know. But I want to live them out. There's three things we got to do. Here's number one, according to this passage. Let's never miss an opportunity to share. Let's never miss an opportunity to share. Okay? So Acts 2, 20, 44 and 45. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common, and they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Now, let me just tear apart a few of these things. The first thing is all the believers. So again, you please understand this. If you're, if you're new to Christianity or if you're, if you're trying to figure this out, it's when you believe, then you receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? There is nothing of human man-made religion in Christianity. There is nothing in here about, hey, you better do these things so that God will love you so that you can get his blessings. That is a bunch of baloney. It is not teaching from God's word. God's word is, no, I know you're not good. I know you can't be what you need to be. Simply believe, and as soon as you believe, you'll what? Receive. And so the coolest news I can share to all of you in this room is, there is not, if any, if you ever meet a Christian who's proud of themselves, I don't know if you met a Christian. And I'm telling you the truth. Because a Christian is somebody who finally realized, I ain't got nothing together. And then you receive forgiveness of all your sin, you receive the Holy Spirit. Now, once you do believe, then what happens? Then they were, they were together. Why, why did that happen? Because God poured his love in your heart. As soon as he poured his love into your heart, you started loving people. You will come together if you're a follower of Christ. Because that's just what he came to do. That's what Jesus came to do. So all the believers, those who received the Spirit, were together, and then they had everything in common. And so again, this word common comes from the same word, root word as koinonia, which is koinos, which means belonging to several. They had everything in common. So in other words, what I have is not just for me. Why? Because it's not about me, it's about us. So when you have stuff, you realize, oh my goodness, when I have the love of God inside of me, what I have isn't just for me. I learned this so many years ago by a beautiful person who I saw walking with Jesus, and I realized everything she received, she gave. You never, God never gives you a blessing just for you. He does, but never just for you. It's always for you, and then it's supposed to flow out from you. So they had everything in common. You know what the, you know what the antithesis, the antonym to this word is? One's own. It's one's own. And here again, What's the problem in our planet? What's the problem in your marriage? 
What's your problem in every relationship? It's mine. This is mine. But see, when you're a follower of Christ, his spirit comes inside of you, and he goes, no, it's not about you anymore. Now you love. You have my love inside of you, so now it's about us. See how this works? And I want to tell you, if you again, if you ever wonder about why human nature is the way that it is, all of us who have children, as soon as your kids can speak, they say two things. No and mine. Is that not true? How many of you had to learn parenting books to train your child to say mine? No, that happens immediately. That's because we're messed up as humans. We are. And so we must receive a different spirit. And that's what Jesus Christ is all about. So you never miss an opportunity to share. Now, there were two ways, right, that this got fleshed out. The first thing it says, man, if they saw somebody who had need, they gave it. So back in uh, at our old building, I pulled up this and I said, you got to understand that everything about Christ is a gift. Salvation is a gift. Grace is a gift. Mercy is a gift. All God does, you guys, when you look at him in the Bible, is he gives, he gives, he gives, he gives, and he gives. But now guess what happened? Oh man, I put my faith in Jesus, and what did he give me? His spirit. So now, if I have the spirit of God inside of me, what will I do? Give. <laughs> See, now, 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 let's try that one again. But I want to make sure you understand this. You don't give to get. You guys understand that? You do not give anything, especially your money, to get God's favor. That is a lie. The only reason you start giving is because you received a new heart of love, and love always gives. So that's how it works. And so let me just give you some application, right? So later at the end of the service, we're going to take an offering. Why do we do that? Because it's not about me, it's about us. And so what happens is, God says, here's how this is going to work. I want you to financially give back to me because it'll be one of the best things for you to know that your heart is actually filled with love. Because I just got to say this. If all of your finances go towards you, think about this. If you're, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and yet all of your finances is for your life, you see the disconnect here? There's a disconnect there. Because it's not about you anymore. And so, again, when we take our offering, it's not so that we can show God, hey, I love you, and, 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 and hopefully God will bless me because I put something in the offering plate. It's like, no, you're just so filled with his love, you can't wait to give. But here's the other thing is, so you give in your finances back to God, but the way that he designed it was, and then every dollar you give is actually going to bless who? Us. Isn't that crazy? How cool is that? So every one of us in this room, we're all benefiting from the resources that other people gave because they said, it's not about me, it's about us. So they're faithful to God with their finances and then God resources everything that we need. See how he works? It's a communal experience. So another thing we do at, at K2 is we have a fund in our budget every year for K2, what we call K2 Acts. And what K2 Acts is, is it's the chance for the Holy Spirit, again, to come inside of us. So when somebody has a need here in the church, you can email k2acts at k2thechurch.com and we have a whole team of people who figure out how to resource finances. Why? Because when you're in the church, you share for those who are in need. Now, but I want to tell you, the best way that this works 
is when you actually get into a smaller community. The coolest thing I ever see is here is when people are in life together groups and now they have a need. And guess who meets their need? The people in their life together group. You don't have to email the church because you're already related, you're connected in relationship with people who are going to care for you. That's the way it's actually supposed to work. So that's one thing though, right there. When the believers 2,000 years ago were filled with the Holy Spirit, God gave them his love, and so immediately they started caring for others. In 1 John 3.17, it says this, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister, that'd be other people right in here, in need, um, yet closes their heart against them, how can the love of God be in that person? Does this verse make sense now? See, because all he's saying is, well, wait a second, if you're a Christian, then that means you receive the Spirit of God. That means God's love's inside of you. And if his love is inside of you, it's not about you anymore, and you're actually going to care about others. You guys, that's a community right there. Okay? So that's the first way. It's through this, this gift of, of the way that we show that we are actually relentless towards each other is we give financially that way. Here's the second way that we do it. I don't know if you guys remember this, my new fashion statement. All right, here we go. And this is basically, if God's love is inside of you, then you're not for yourself anymore. You're for us. And so what you do is you serve. Because that's just what love does. And so, and, and so that's why Jesus said, he goes, listen, I, if, if the spirit of Jesus is inside of me now, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to, but to serve. So if the Holy Spirit, now, now catch this again. You don't go, man, I guess I better serve in the church because I better do this because they need this and because God won't like me. It's like, no, don't do that. But I got to tell you, if the spirit of Jesus is inside of you, what will you do? You just will. It will be an outflow of his presence inside of you. And so there's so many different ways that we do this. So this morning, because what did the, the apostles do or the early church? When they saw a need, they met the needs. Well, I don't know about you, but there are a lot of needs this morning, right? If you were new this morning, you walked in and you're like, I have no idea where to go, right? And so we have need for people wearing blue shirts, right? Standing around just saying, hey, we'll show you where the bathroom is. We'll show you where to check in your kids. We'll show you where the auditorium is. And most importantly, we'll show you where the coffee is, right? Okay. But here's the point. We have a need. Many of you have a need because of this new place. So we serve you to make sure that your experience is good in the parking lot. Do you guys know that we have shuttles bringing people from the tracks over to here? People really concerned that our tracks aren't right next to our building. What are we going to do? Well, man, we have some guy, and we could use a few more guys who just spend a couple hours of Sunday because there's a need to get here because they don't have transportation, but we have tracks. So what do we do because we're the church? We meet that need. And so we do that service. Now, some of you, you have a huge need, and that is that your kids actually like church, right? So you have a need, and it's being met because they're all in Adventure Canyon, right? <laughs> Instead of listening to a really boring message inside of here. <laughs> and you know that that's really important. In fact, it's so funny because uh, two weeks ago when we had all the kids in here, people were saying, I know why you did that. It's to make us appreciate Adventure Canyon, right? <laughs> no. But, but here's, here's what we know. It's like, I want our kids to be in a place where they get to be where there's a tree house, right? And a big, huge boat and bouncy houses where they're having fun and they're learning Jesus on there. That's a need that for our kids. And so there's a bunch of people who do this, man. They serve your children every Sunday. And right here in this room, guess what? 
Hours and hours went into this service. People gave up their, their nights, their practices. They got up at five this morning. Why? Because there's a need for us to gather around God's word and there's a need to engage with him in worship. Do you guys see how this works? So can I just ask you a question? If you are a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of yourself. Are you doing this? Or is it, or right now, is it all about you? Did it, see, that's just not, it's not about us. I'm, no, it is actually. It's not about me, it's about, okay, right? So, so the question is not, oh man, do I have to do this? No, the question is, if the Spirit of Jesus is inside you, this is just what you'll do. Now, can I just say something really important? If you're visiting with us, you know, you, please don't. Like, how many of you invite people over for dinner to your house and say, hey, and when you get here, would you mind vacuuming, right? And, 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 uh, and actually, would you kind of help, you know, buy some groceries on the way? No! Man, when you invite a guest to your home, you're like, dude, I can't, I just want to serve you. So if you're visiting with us, just sit back. That's why we're here. But if this is your home and Jesus' Spirit is inside of you, then I want to really encourage you to grab one of these things. All right, how am I doing? Okay, just a couple more minutes. So, if we're relentless with each other, then we will never miss an opportunity to share financially in our service, okay? Second one is we'll never miss an opportunity to meet. We'll never do this. Acts chapter 2, verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes. You know what's interesting? That word continued right there, it's the same Greek word for devoted. It means they were relentless in meeting together. And so I just got to tell you this, you guys. Please understand this. Your presence matters. It really, really does. Because there's no you anymore. It's us. God's love is in your heart to bring us together. Now, I want to tell you, for 26 years in ministry, here's what I hear all the time. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Or I don't have to go to church to go to heaven. And I just want to say amen. <laughs> hear me loud and clear. You don't have to go to church to become a Christian. And you don't have to go to church to go to heaven. That is a very true statement. But can I tell you something? If you are a Christian, you will. If you are a Christian, you will. Why? Again, you don't go to church to gain any favor with God. But once His Spirit of love is inside of you, what does Jesus do? He draws you together. That is a sign of someone who's filled with the Spirit of God. So when there's, a, when there's a, and again, they didn't have moderate commitment, they were relentless and absolutely devoted to meeting together. Why? Because they loved each other. Because they had love from God for each other. And that's why Jesus said, the world will know you're my disciples if you what? If you love one another. He's like, go ahead and give a great message. Give your stuff to the poor. He goes, if you don't have love, it doesn't matter. So you guys, this idea of, of gathering together, of being devoted to meet, is, is, is just a reality of what God is saying. If my spirit's inside of you, it's a spirit of love, and it will draw you together. Now notice, they didn't just meet in the temple courts, which they had to do, because why? Because when Peter, who was a much better speaker than I, when he spoke, 3,000 people came and got saved that day, right? So 3,000 people would never fit in here. So immediately, they needed a space to gather. So every day, they met in the temple courts, 3,000 people. But they didn't just meet in the temple courts. They didn't just meet like this. Where else did they meet? In the homes. So that's what we do here at K2. 
So what we say is, yes, be devoted here to the larger body and worship and learn. But you got to get into it. Eventually, you need to step out and be in someone's home. You guys, it's only in our Life Together groups where you'll actually be known and be loved. It's there where you will have strength and support for the hard times in your life. It's there where you can get your questions answered and you can be free to ask them. It is so crucial if we're ever going to really experience the love of God for each other. You've got to connect with other people outside of this place. And that's why we do base camp. Started just today. Every month we'll start a new base camp. Just an eight-week taste of what it is to come and do life together. We've got Life Together groups all over the valley. Just this week, we started five new men's groups. And I just want to tell you, you guys, I, I, when we did our breakfast this fall, almost every guy said, I want to take another step closer to God, and I want to take a step closer to be in a relationship with men. And, and so we're doing it. So there will be some guys in the lobby. And, and as well, this, this card right here, your, your, uh, to, it's inside your program, Right? This card, it has sections that you can sign. Sign me up for Ascent or 20s and 30s group or a college group. On that thing, write another circle and put a men's group. Get your name down there because they just started this week and we'll make sure that you get a chance to be connected and to experience the love that God has for us. All right? So there you go, man. I just, I just want to tell you, this is so exciting to me that Jesus is saying, I, you don't have to work for this. Just let me in, and I'll do the work. So if we're followers of Christ, you guys, let's do it. Let's be relentless to share. Let's be relentless to meet together. And real quick as we close, I didn't even want to teach anyone, but this is really important in Scripture because it's the the number three right here. Never miss an opportunity to eat. (laughs) Seriously, what's so cool in this passage is they met together and what they do? They ate. Can I hear an Amen. Praise God, man. I love the fact that all the way through Scripture, he is. It's all about food, man. He talks about a banquet in heaven. It's like, just, all right, bring it on, baby. If it, but seriously, but what all they're saying is, when you get together, food breaks down the barriers, and we start experiencing the relationship that he has for us. All right. So worship team, band, come on up here. We're going to sing one last song. And he... So we're going to sing one last song. Now, here's, here's what I want to make sure we do before we go. I don't have to say anything about the offering, right? We already talked about that. They're going to, our greeters are coming forward. They're going to take our offering. And again, if God's spirit of love is inside of us, that's why Jesus said, the Bible says, I love a cheerful giver, okay? So if you're here and you're ready to give because it's not about you, but it's about us, it's about you and God, then go for it. But here's, here's the last song. It's, it's called You Won't Relent. Okay? And I want you to understand a couple of things. Here's what, the, here's what it says. It says, you won't relent until you have it all. Here's what I want to remind you when you sing this song. The only reason that we actually want to live like this is because God is devoted to you. God is devoted to you. He's relentless towards you. Isn't that good news? See, we have a God who loves us so much that he is absolutely committed to setting us free. And then what you're going to sing is this. You won't relent until you have it all. My heart is yours. 
So here's what I'd love for you to think about. Is God's heart, I mean, sorry, is your heart God's? Is the Holy Spirit living inside of you? If, 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 you're, if you're checking out Christianity today, I just want to tell you again, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I want to put my faith in you. And if you believe, you'll receive the Spirit of God, which is His love inside your heart. And then what we're going to sing is this. Come be the fire inside of me. Come be the flame upon my heart. Why are we going to sing that? Because if God's Spirit doesn't do something inside of me, I, I'm not very good. That's why we worship. It's why we gather together. And we're going to give you a chance to sing this. And I want to make sure you don't just sing the words. Sing this and ask God to come and be the fire. The Holy Spirit can be a fire inside of you to help you to be an avenue of love. And then he says this, and do that until you and I are one. Come be the fire in my heart until I start to look like you. Set me free, Jesus. Come on, you guys. Set me free from myself right here today and help me to be someone who's loving, that's creating a community, a fellowship of love. All right, let's stand together and let's sing.